Welcome everyone to the last video store clerks podcast with Frank and Scott. The days of blockbuster Hollywood and the independent video store are over. But searching the shelves for that special overlooked movie will never end. The one that really sticks with you forever. Let's drown ourselves in a sea of streaming services and ask the question, what the fuck is that? Does this hold up? And just what the hell is a good movie anyway? I'm Frank Roll. I'm Scott Moran. And we're the last video store clerks. <laughs> We're just on a vampire upswing again. Again? Not teenage. Yeah, no. Vampires uh, who drive Volvos. And Rice has now two shows <laughs> on AMC. And then you get Pee Wee Herman. I'll take bad space <laughs> movies over bad vampire movies any day, though. When's the last time you watched Killer Clowns from Outer Space? Been like two years, probably. Two? Yeah. I'm well over 15, maybe 20. And I want to do it. Oh, really? I had a Shutter subscription a couple years back, and that was when I watched it. Yeah. Uh, One it, day we'll do a, a Shutter run. It's been a long time for me. It was on something like Netflix recently. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Well, they're making a video about. game out of it. Yeah, which, fine, whatever. Too many games. <laughs> <laughs> Slow down. Slow down the drain pipe. I watched all of 1899. Okay. Canceled. <laughs> Two months. It was on the top ten the whole time. And it's just done. Yeah, they just decided that people weren't finishing it fast enough. Hmm. And so they didn't want to spend that much money on it anymore. I mean, people should bully Netflix into renewing something if they like it. Because uh, they got bullied into making a fourth season of Manifest and feel like those were Russian bots. Did I tell you about how many times I restarted Manifest trying to make it work? <laughs> I lost track. I watched four episodes before I tapped out, I think. Four or five. I guess we can talk about the things we... Lost in the fire in the last episode that we didn't record. So last week we uh, recorded an episode and... Uh, didn't record the episode. We didn't record it. At all. <laughs> and then we were sitting there trying to figure out if we should re-record it and decided that would be weird and didn't do it. It's not that I couldn't have faked it. It's that I didn't want anybody to hear me fake it. <laughs> it would have been weird. It would have been so weird. It was the first time we ever fucked up. I've heard... On podcasts, people being like, well, we just recorded this, but we're going to do it again. And it was fine. But I don't think me and you could do that. We'll come back to it because we need to talk about that guy. We will come back to that movie. I forget what we talked about last time as far as uh, what we talked about last time. When stuff we, we talk about it. Yeah, I know. I talked about 1899 mostly. And then here we are a week later and fucking canceled. Yeah, I'm furious. I sorry. loved it. That's very disappointing. We had talked about like our favorite things of 2022. And that came out then, if I had watched it then, it would have been number one. I liked that the most of anything. It was so exactly what I wanted. And now it's gone. Now it's fucking gone, man. <laughs> I'm going to mourn that loss for the rest of my life. Fucking Netflix. Mark my words, 10 years from now, I'm still going to be like, we're fucking Netflix canceled 1899, but they made a fourth season of Manifest. <laughs> what the fuck? You're not going to get more people until they make more people. You saturated it out. Maybe try to keep us instead of, I don't know, they're so weird and cloak and dagger about their analytics. I've just said the true crime has not gotten as interesting. I mean, they've they've let in the true the crime. The amount of shit that they're spending money on for no reason. Yeah, it's, I don't know, the stories that they're giving us before, I feel like they would draw you in. These, they're just there. And I'm not taking away from the content of any of that. A lot of serious shit. Bad things went down. What Netflix is, like you're saying, grasping onto. Yeah. What, what they're choosing to promote. What they're choosing to put out there. This felt like prestige television. Like big budget TV. Yeah, the that they, set thing you showed me was crazy. They had really, really put a lot of effort into that. And to cancel something that big and not give it enough time to gain its audience. Because that's also one, like I'd been saying, like I'd tell people about it and they would be like, oh, subtitles. <laughs> that probably needed some time. It's a hard sell right out of the gate. It's kind of like Lost, but it takes place in 1899. If you give it a chance. But yeah, if they're only taking statistics from their first couple weeks, like the first 28 days of a show being out and then being like, nobody's watching it, fuck it. Everything's a business, man. Give it some time. No, somewhere the numbers didn't add up. But surely they know, streaming-wise, what's going to last. And that people are going to find things later. And they're going to find that, and then it's going to have a cliffhanger ending. I'm just trying to think of a couple more things I could do without, but I'm drawing blanks at the moment. Like, I feel like I'm trying to turn the hate off. So it's like... <laughs> yeah, I, I know that a lot of things that I dislike and that I don't understand why they're making so much of it. Like all those reality shows. But that's... 
probably where they're making money. And so reality TV is now ruining streaming. I had cleansed my list, and now I'm putting in there things that I really want to see. You know, before it was a little more carefree the last few years, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I knocked it down to almost nothing. So when it gets added in there, I'm going to that, and I'm looking. I'm like, oh, I might have time for this. I feel like I'm only looking at the top, the last 20 of my queue mm-hmm. anymore. You can't put things in a queue like you used to and expect them to be there when you come back. The way that things change, how fast they change now compared to streaming a few years ago. Exactly. Yeah, they would linger. They'd be there. It's like, oh, that's what that's Yeah, you could make this massive queue and be like, look at that thing. Well, and then look, now you've got me using an app to see what it's on just to make that easier. But I had been saying for a long time that that's what they needed to make. Somebody needed to make an app that would tell me where something was I was actually looking for. Because I swear it was on... Um... <laughs> recommended for you what's so easy to find something to watch if you're just meandering from streaming service to streaming service being like oh, i'll just watch whatever i find how you come but across- if you're like i want to watch this it's super hard to find that's tedious that's how they got me with process. the skinwalker ranch oh yeah that was series. uh like ended up being a ghost hunters kind of thing it's like the worst ghost hunters thing you've ever seen in your life I like those shows when they actually do get freaked out. I think I watched a whole season and started the other one. And I was like, you have to stop. Like, don't just keep doing it. (laughs) If it's it's that bad, you don't have to lock yourself in. But apparently one of the guys from that show is teaming up with its aliens guy and uh, a bunch of those other dudes who make the. Oh, the guy from uh, Ancient Aliens. Yeah. George. He he guest starred in an episode of uh, Resident Alien. Ah, it's so funny. (laughs) He was he was really good at it too. Was he himself? Yeah. Okay. Cool. They go to a convention. John Locke is in it. Terry O'Quinn from Lost. He can see that he's an alien, and he's hunting him at an alien convention, and he hides in that guy's dressing room. See, man, I watched my fair share of Ancient Aliens back in the day, you know, and he was always entertained. He got his own show for a minute. He knew what he was talking about, though. He just looked crazy. He lost me on one, man. There was this one where he was reaching so far. I was like, dude, I think it was something about these tracks coming up out of like a riverbed near a bridge. That could just be TV. The true detective effect. True detective season two. He squeezed that turnip a little too hard. (laughs) I didn't even finish that one. That's terrible. And then I tried to go straight into three, like you said, but then I got Olympia to watch it. And then I forget where I I was like, I just stopped. I think I went to something else. Three was really good. I'm excited about four. Four comes out soon. Cool. 2023, I believe. Well, I'm still not going to finish two, and I'll have to pick up on three. They're great as long as they just wait till he writes it. <laughs> Don't try to get him to fucking make it next year. I'm all right with that. Those are all limited series, so it's fine. If you had told me 1899 was a limited series, and then that was how it ended, I also would have been okay with that. Because movies ended like that back in the day, and I loved them. Blade Runner ends like that. Every time you say it, I just go back to, I haven't seen the second season of Jericho. Yeah, I think it's too late for that. I'm sorry. I don't think it's going to hold up. (laughs) I know. I remember I watched it at a security job on a computer. (laughs) Like the whole first season, it was like, wait, that's it? Then you told me about season two and I've just never done it. And now it's been years. Like that's, has that been 10 years? It's been at least 15 since the show aired. Do you think? I think so. Man, I felt like that was closer to 10. I don't know. I think that might be 2005, maybe. Jericho. It's far enough back that... (laughs) You may want to let that one go. Did anybody ever say anything about pushing daisies? Well, I mean, that guy's everywhere now. So was Zoe Dashnell. She's not in that show. Was that one of those, like, looks like hers? Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> no, have you ever seen that? Where people have put the picture of so many of these, like, actresses in that same age group together, and it's like somebody's dad's in trouble. There was, like, a whole flock of these women that hit Hollywood at the same time, and they all had the same look. Adorkable. Hey, did you see in the news the actual Pocahontas is Edward Norton's 12th great-grandmother? Weird. Little tidbit for you. I am Jack's complete surprise. A descendant of Pocahontas. He's a Pocahontai. <laughs> Just lame. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never get over that. <laughs> it just, I thought it the whole time, and then the first thing out of your mouth is Just lame. I was like, fuck, you went and did it. Do you know who Ben Shapiro is? Ben Shapiro. He's this little Jewish right-wing asshole who he argues with people on that the internet. That sounds familiar. It's probably popped up in your news feed or something like that at some point. He's this little dude who, he has some weird worldviews. that one. He does not understand Glass Onion. And he went on like a tirade about it on Twitter. I read the whole thread. First, he like criticized it for being full of mystery tropes. And then further down the thread, he started shitting on it for tricking him into thinking that it was 
going to have these mystery tropes and then turning them on their head. And it was like, that's how you tell a new story with the same (laughs) stuff. You know, fundamental misunderstanding of the movie and also what the movie was. And then it seemed like he did know what the movie was. He was just mad that it wasn't the way he wanted it to be. I don't know. He That guy's an idiot. No, it's a, it's going around a lot with that group. That group. <laughs> <laughs> they're the... Uh, what did he want? They're the internet's <laughs> equivalent of driving down your street listening to Drowning Pool really loud. <laughs> well... No, I mean, did he want like a James Bond mixed with... I don't know. I don't know what he wanted. I know that he wanted to shit all over it, but he did it by complete lack of understanding of what it was. And then it was like he was mad he was misdirected. Does he often critique film? He wanted to be a screenwriter. Oh, he's bitter. Yeah, so he thinks he's an expert. That guy. It wasn't even that he was bitter. It was just that he felt like he could critique the movie from this screenwriting point of view and he did it so badly it was hilarious i highly recommend reading it it just made that part of my brain melt that thinks about those things it'll do that (laughs) i think when you think about all that stuff is a good time to settle into uh the movie we did today which was everything everywhere all at once because shit is absurd man do you remember i tripped when i was 14 and i went off on this whole thing about what really makes sense i do remember that right like yeah because i knew what you were saying and i was like no i get it and you're like no but (laughs) yeah just because these people tell you that doing this is right why (laughs) like who's the one who puts the final stamp on things to be like this is how it is and i think this movie did that in the stilliest way possible which made it super unpretentious because talking about these kind of concepts sounds like two tripping 14 year olds (laughs) (laughs) sitting there being like but why do i have to when you talk about something like that and you're as silly as possible like john dies at the end Mm -hmm. because i remember when i went and saw this movie in the theater i called you and i was like this movie is like if john dies at the end was a kung fu movie (laughs) that's it with a lot extra a lot more than that i did say that this is the most creative and well done multiverse movie I've ever seen. I would put this as one of the greatest science fiction movies ever made. And this is probably the biggest movie we've ever really covered, other than, I guess, Armageddon. (laughs) Yeah. The fact that it came as an indie film and then became this blockbuster movie that's nominated for things, and it was an expensive movie. Last time we were talking, when we did the, the year recap, you were saying that, like, of all the things that are thought to be Academy Award nominees this year that one's the lowest in budget in how much money it made oh yes total revenue and i don't think that it that has anything to do with a good movie no not at all because like you were saying in the same breath you said dr strange was like one of the top three dude i think it was three i don't even know anyone who's seen that exactly i i remember getting uh, not great reviews just not a big attendance you know like well, like Jurassic World Dominion, it wasn't an amazing story, but everybody was starved to go see. That's what we see in the theater nowadays. We go for Marvel movies and we wait for the heady, talky movies. Yeah. We wait for those to just be on streaming. If it's not going to dazzle us because it's huge on a screen, then why do it? But this one did both in a big, big way. And I just wanted to watch it this time because I wanted to make you fucking watch this goddamn movie. <laughs> when you saw it at the theater, did you see it in 3D? No, they don't do that anymore. What, 3D? Yeah. I just saw a movie. You saw Making Water in 3D. Yes. I never see them advertised. That's the thing. The previews were even in 3D. This movie was not shot to be that kind of movie. There were like two or three things in the whole movie that were CGI. The bagel. The bagel. And then little things here and there. And the rest, I think it was taking wires out, post stuff. Most of that shit happened right there. Yeah, I mean, that butt plug stuff was just great sequences. Oh, so good. (laughs) So my sense of humor. I love these dudes. We're watching Swiss Army Man. The second I saw that, I knew what was happening. I was like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, fucking everything about it. And this was the first movie I saw in the theater after COVID. This was the first one? Was sort of worried that, that I was enamored by seeing a movie for the first time in so long. But I bought it for watching it this time i knew that you would buy it i will watch this movie a thousand times that's why it's good that you bought it (laughs) did you see how many things there were to see there was a lot going on there's a lot of stuff tons of flair so you watched it in two parts again i did but it was fine i wish i knew when every everywhere started (laughs) i would have just made it to right there 
And what's crazy is I feel like it was right at an hour, so I don't know what I was looking at last night. <laughs> no, when you picked I, it back up, where were you at? Oh, man. She kind of found out she was like the worst Evelyn. Janitor closet. Yes. Okay. But, I mean, not the first time in the... But they were back in the janitor closet. And then that was one of the parts that hit me hardest. So I was like, as soon as they started a different dialogue in a different spot, I was like, right here. This movie hits really hard, man. I will just say right at the top, this is the first movie in years to make me cry. And it did it twice. Kelly would argue that that's not crying. Where my eyes get glassy. Mm -hmm. That's as good as it gets, bud. (laughs) That's as good as it gets. And that is me getting emotional. Evelyn Wang is a singer, an actress, a master of kung fu, a chef, a quantum physicist, a sign flyer on the corner. But in this universe, she fell in love with Waymond Wang, who I thought was Raymond and it was an accent thing. And then when I looked it up, it was Waymond. (laughs) Waymond. Years ago, against the wishes of her father, the two eloped to the U.S., had a daughter named Joy, and opened a laundromat that is currently being audited by the IRS. It's the eve of Chinese New Year. Evelyn's father, Gong Gong, which is what they call, I think it's maternal grandfather. Gong Gong. Is visiting. She's sorting receipts for the audit, preparing to host a New Year's party, making noodles for her father, and trying to help customers. Wayman is trying to serve her divorce papers. Joy is trying to get her mother to accept her non-Chinese girlfriend, Becky, as part of the family. At the audit meeting with IRS Inspector Deirdre, Wayman's body is taken over by Alpha Wayman from the Alphaverse. Strong air quotes. <laughs> Led by now-deceased Alpha Evelyn, the Alphaverse developed a parallel universe-jumping tech, allowing them to access memories, emotions, and skills of alternate universes, as well as jump from body to body for a period of time. Not sure that they have a lot of control over the body. Seems like she had some control over the short jumps, but not so much the other ones. Influence, maybe. But it's weird how they picked up on her like interactions. I like to think about when multiverse stuff happens and you jump into another body that you have all their memories and stuff like that that you suddenly get their motivations and then i get like existential dread right there where i'm like what if you forget who you are well like how would you feel if you found out you were the base of like all the wrong decisions or like the worst of the decisions i think they could have been worse but when you're like the worst of the worst i think either way you would see yourself as the worst when somebody tells you you're the worst of the worst (laughs) alpha wayman explained Alpha Waymond. Explain. It's hard to say once you say it. It's, it's not cool to joke like that anymore. <laughs> Alpha Waymond explains. <laughs> Alpha Waymond explains that the multiverse is being threatened by Jobu Tupaki, the Alphaverse version of Joy, whose mind fractured when Alpha Evelyn pushed her daughter's verse jumping training too hard. Jobu is godlike, verse jumping at will, bending matter to her liking and experiencing every universe at once. So, like God herself, she's fucking nuts, and created a literal everything bagel that has become a black hole and is threatening to consume the multiverse. And why not? To experience every possibility is to render everything meaningless. What's the point, right? Evelyn must utilize the skills of her counterparts to save the universe, but while Alpha Waymond has been searching for the Evelyn to save us all, Jobu Tabaki has been looking for... The Evelyn that can come to see things as she does. Everything Everywhere All at Once was written and directed by Daniel Kwan and Daniel Shiner, collectively known as Daniels, and is the highest grossing A24 film of all time. The film has received nearly unanimous acclaim for not just its production, but its handling of philosophical themes, generational trauma, and Asian American identity. It holds six nominations at the Golden Globes, including Best Picture and Best Director. The idea started as a sort of mean joke that the main character had undiagnosed ADHD. Though Daniel Kwan, in researching the disorder, discovered he had undiagnosed ADHD, and this empathetically shaped the story. The script was originally written to star Jackie Chan until the Daniels reconceived the protagonist as a woman, deciding the husband-wife dynamic was more relatable from that perspective. The part was ultimately written for Jackie Chan's super cop co-star Michelle Yeoh. In fact, one of the timelines closely parallels her actual life. In addition to Yeoh, the film stars Stephanie Hsu as Joy Wang, Kiwi Kwan as Waymond Wang in his first role in 20 years, which was crazy, Jamie Lee Curtis as Deirdre, James Hong as Gong Gong, Tally Metal as Becky, and Jenny Slate as Big Nose. Name later changed to Dog Mom. (laughs) Don't be suspicious. Understandably, but also... If you had a Chinese mom that ran a laundromat, she's going to call that lady Big Nose. Big Nose. It was, it was dead on. Yeah, it's very accurate. Loved her in Parks and Rec, though. She's great. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> 
The movie had a budget of $14.3 million and the visual effects team consisted of just nine people, including the Daniels, none of which went to visual effects school. The movie was filmed in just 38 days. And they had to break at the end. So the scene where they're sitting in the car, in the truck or whatever, talking to each other, mm-hmm. they had to film that almost a year and a half later or something like that. They missed one day of shooting because of COVID-19. Oh, and so they did it like a year, what'd you say, a year and a half? They got shut down one day away from finishing this movie. Oh. And so they had to do pickup scenes later. That sucks. Jamie Lee Curtis's hand that reaches in that scene Mm -hmm. and grabs her from behind. Yeah. That's Daniel Kwan wearing her costume (laughs) and just doing it because they couldn't get Jamie Lee But not with the hot dog fingers. Yeah. I love this fucking movie. We have come to a place in movies that it's hard to find a movie that means so much to you that you want to watch it over and over and over again. But I literally, when I watched this last night and Kelly went to bed, I ended up watching a bunch of philosophy videos about this movie, Mm -hmm. but I kind of wanted to watch it again. And I kind of think because I bought it, I will watch it in the next week. See, I think I was at a been a little emotional lately. So for me to watch this one, I was just like, I wasn't I wasn't upset at all. I was just like, God damn it. I wish I could have just watched this earlier. <laughs> and really like focused and enjoyed. No, just I mean, there's parts of it where it was like, fuck. Cause you know, you start just contemplating the world. Yes. And that's what this is about. That's my favorite kind of shit. Yeah. And I love when it's silly mm-hmm. because that's how I want it. That's why I love those John Dies at the End books. I love the Don Coscarelli movie. I thought he did a great job of capturing the essence of how just ridiculous, but like seriously heavy that concept was. I like absurdity. I've talked about Camus during the Jacob's Ladder episode. And uh, I think, I mean, if you just go based on what I said about him in that, he's not a very funny guy, but deeply funny because... When I went to college, it was what I was looking for. When you go to college for philosophy in Texas, it's logic and reason, which is what they teach. It's a lawyer manufacturing philosophy. And uh, you just touch on existentialism. But we didn't learn a whole lot about nihilism. And uh, the place between nihilism and existentialism is absurdism. And this movie is like a manifestation of that philosophy. The universe is, everything is meaningless. And you could either kill yourself or... You could just be happy with the meaning you find in your day-to-day life. And I really think that was kind of what this movie was about. Other weird little things I noticed this time. So the Indiana Jones reference, when she's laying on the floor and he's trying to wake her up, Mm -hmm. he goes, snap out of it. I had fucking like weird deja vu. Was that in Temple of Doom? Indiana is uh, Indiana. Oh, when he's like (laughs) with the things, right? Yeah, well, when he's like... uh, taken over by the spell yes and he burns him he's like snap out of it it gave me this weird (laughs) sense memory like childhood sense memory because it's the same voice but like just the tiniest bit deeper yes (laughs) like the tiniest bit it's so exactly the same and you were saying it's been 20 years since he's been in a movie yeah apparently he got some stuff here and there up through the 90s and then just because he couldn't get the roles he wanted as an asian actor Mm, that that sucks yeah, he just quit. That sucks. Fucking goodness. He did great. And Wayman's character is deep. I think Wayman doesn't go through any sort of character arc in this movie. He doesn't change, which is really weird. This is a change or die story. It's the way she sees that he always was. It's going to be so hard to stick to an outline with this. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I'm afraid to talk after you sometimes on this one because I'm like, where does he want to go with that? <laughs> no, no. Let, we, can, we can go wherever. Really, I was just making notes about like, you know, I was really excited that he was in there. I was excited that uh, James Hong played her father. Was he also in Big Trouble? Fucking low pan. That's it. That's what <laughs> that's where my brain went straight to. I know that he's been in a ton. He, so many he John Carpenter guy. movies. So yeah. many of those like. He was that guy. He's in uh, Balls of Fury. Fuck, was, I've only seen Balls You'll of Fury. You'll kill Lucky once. Cricket. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that movie like once, dude. Like one time. I think I was hung over in bed on a weekend and it came on HBO or something. And I was like, okay. Like that's how I watched Balls of Fury. It's pretty good. Christopher Walken, man. <laughs> ping pong. <laughs> or as they say in Chinese, ping pong. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fuck. 
man. Um, I did write down a question. How does one locate a particular skill in a parallel world to absorb? She had to think about it. He had her visualize it and then do the weird thing. And it just takes you there is what happens. Yeah. And then the tech, we didn't get a lot about the tech. And mm -hmm. I read in reading about what the directors were coming up with, that the note they got from the studio was, we want more about what the Alphaverse is doing to try to fight this. Not so much how they found the Alphaverse and navigate it. I feel like they took a, a really graceful note from that where they were like, they're not focusing on the character's emotional journey. So we need to make that more clear. And then still didn't explain anything. Like they were like, no, no, that's too much. They had the mobile lab, Ready Player One, you know, mobile lab. I like the lo-fi nature of the tech in the van too. Yes. With the goggles that he was wearing that just have little lights on them. Because it's not necessarily the future. It's not the future. It's just... It's a parallel. There's no time travel in this one. And it's isn't it weird how we went from saying parallel universe to multiverse? One guy under the same umbrella. That's what I'm saying. We didn't used to say multiverse. We didn't. That's a, a Marvel term that has come up. That, that which people is have just like been the, slingshotting. Yeah, that is just the McDonald's of multiverse. Yeah, like if you look at all my notes, I have parallel, parallel. Like, you know, that's me. I just use multiverse in there once because that's what's out there now. While they were writing it, they were like worried about Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse coming out. And they were like, oh, everyone's going to be doing our thing. <laughs> no. Well, it's one of those things. It's not like this is the way they did this movie. I've never seen before. But it's one of those where like, if you really break it down, we've seen similar. Yeah, but not like this. Really, the emotional journey the characters go through is really the big, big deal of this. Seeing it the second time, I saw at the beginning of it that she wanted, she stopped Joy when she was leaving that first time before they go to the tax auditor and wants to like say, I love you. Like she has that moment where she just chooses to do the thing her dad would have done and to be cold and tell her she's getting fat. And then later she tells her she is getting fat. But it was more of like a, she said it in a, I care about what happens to you. It didn't seem as much like, <laughs> I also like that they did make her look a little bigger by Kelly pointed out she's wearing a sweatshirt and then she has a flannel over it. And she was like, that's weird. And, the daughter, I, and Joy? yeah. And then later she's not wearing it. And she looks a little more trim, gave her more form fitting clothes. Dude, that one hoodie that had like the teddy bears built into the shoulders. Her outfits are amazing. Yeah. I love the teddy bears built into the shoulders. That shit was good. And I like that her mom was like, why he looks so stupid? <laughs> <laughs> well, the second I saw her in that green one, the one that she ends up taking out the tech van in, I knew that that one was coming back. I was like, that one's going to be something. I, I just had a feeling about that green one. I was like, yeah, they're going to bring. And then sure enough, that's the one when she takes out, you know, the van. What was your favorite individual fight scene? I see on here that you have pinky fight. It really wasn't pinky fight. The pinky flex was really my favorite part of when that. When it got the muscle. When it shows her training <laughs> in the other universe and her past. Yeah. And she, she does the, the. She buckles the pinky. There's a CGI moment. <laughs> the pinky gets swole up fast, dude. That thing's got some muscle. Because the bagel was definitely CGI. That was CGI. There were little things here and there. Mm -hmm. But like when Jobu comes the first time and she just like, you know, like, <laughs> the cop dressed in like a tango outfit, like Chiquita Banana Lady. <laughs> And then fucking like she turns that one guy into confetti and he just pops. And there's yes. all those little like you could do that with a phone, mm -hmm. those special effects. But they were so much more effective rapid fire like that. Just yeah. these little. No, and the fight scenes are hard, but I think almost the f I kind of like that first one. Just I like that reveal moment. Oh, the, the fanny pack? Yes. And while I'm not against animals being abused and I know they weren't, but the dog, dude. I, I didn't look up what instrument, like what weapon that is, but I I've I know I've seen that in these martial art movies before, and I'm like, oh god, but the dog in the <laughs> oh like the, the like a mace almost. It's like a mace, like a but longer it's got one. A, it's got a name. I don't know what that's called. Well, yeah. that one's got a name because they do that thing with the foot. You know, like they'll catch it with a foot, yeah. and then sling it back using the momentum. Um, the director uh, Daniel, not Daniel, but the but Daniel, he said <laughs> in an interview that. He wanted to put a thing at the end. He was like, we always have to put no animals were harmed during this. And he was like, I always want to put that like hundreds of animals were harmed in the making of this because we ate meat for every meal of this movie. <laughs> I liked also little tiny things that popped up. Like Jenny Slate's ticket was 42. That is the answer to life, the universe, and everything in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, is it? 42. <laughs> and this movie was shot in an office building. So their apartment, the laundromat, the IRS tax office, 
where the bagel was, everything was all in the same building. They just got an office building. They built it all there and stayed there. Like different floors? They took an office building and they built all the sets inside of it and then left a lot of it office building. Uh, what I did look at was, uh, again, I don't care about the fucking Academy Awards anymore. They lost me a couple years ago. Don't want to. If this one gets the best pick, great. But I went ahead and looked at who the front runners are right now just to see. And this one's top five in a lot of the lists still. But what I did notice was, you know, a lot of the lists, they'll give you like the top contenders, you know, like, oh, close, close, close second nipping on. The, and then they've got like, you know, honorable mention. Um, this one was like top five on everything. What gets me is that the Top Gun is like right there at the top on most of them. And I'm like, how people? But that anyway, I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> I said I wasn't going to get into it and I started doing it. That's one of those things where I'm like, are you looking at movie making or are you looking at movie overall? So I'm, like, I feel so like these are for best picture. That's what I was looking at was best picture. Yeah. I didn't look up best screenplay. I wanted to look up best picture because, you know, that's like next to best actor. That's the biggie. I feel like, you know, best screenplay. It, you know, I'm not saying it, I'm not saying it doesn't get the attention that best picture does. That's the one I care about more. And screenplay. Well, that makes perfect sense. But with Best Picture, I feel like what you should look at is how did this movie emotionally affect everyone who saw it? Well, what I was really getting to was a lot of those like second tier and third tier movies. So many of them, A24 production company. Oh, dude. they're kicking ass. Dude, the, you know, because you've got the huge, you know, you've got the big names and then everything everywhere at once is like the top A24, of course. It's like floating top three, top five on most of those Best Picture. But just how many their production company has on those lists, like included in the three you know let's for your consideration yeah pages. the only movie they have that has made this much money mm -hmm. or close to this much money was hereditary that was the last time <laughs> something hit that mark and hereditary never would be nominated for awards like this one is every time i see it on something i really just want to hit play and just see how far i'll get <laughs> that, that movie knocked my socks movie. off yeah but um i liked that uh waymond uh, I like some of the little lines in this as far as like Wayman saying like, I the clothes are happier up there. <laughs> or like that flash of her being born and then it's the POV of her father and the doctor says, sorry, it's a girl. Yes, real quick. And I like the strong quotes with the alpha verse because I don't think that's the alpha verse. And this was like you were saying, finding out you're the worst version of yourself. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's what she found out. I think she found out that she's looking at it wrong. That's the way she was looking at her husband wrong, you yeah, know? Jobu lays that on her at one point. Oh, that she's the worst version of yes. herself? Yeah, but does Jobu know? She wants to be eaten by a bagel because no, she knows everything. I think the only question is, was Jobu telling her the truth or was Jobu trying to get to her? So was it factual or was it not? Because Jobu would know. She knows all. How could she know that that was the worst version of it? Only Evelyn could know that. And she's stuck being that Jobu Evelyn. Jobu knows all and Jobu was hunting all the other Evelyns. Jobu was wrong, though. Ultimately, but only because... She thought that everything was meaningless. If everything is meaningless, how could she possibly be the worst version? But, that's what, but she made the claim, is all I'm stating. She was laying that on her. But that doesn't make it so. The whole story. Finding out that she's the best version of herself. But that Evelyn at the moment did take that to heart. It was an impact. When Evelyn sees the bagel, she becomes like her. Because that's when we get the big Wayland be kind speech, which mm -hmm. would come off as cheesy if it wasn't this character giving that speech. Because he didn't mean anything as like cliche as just, just be nice to each other. You know, almost a, a deeper Meaning of kindness was what he was talking about, which is ultimately how she wins, is taking that middle road. That ended up being Wayman's way the whole time. Well, in the divorce. Did you notice that during the scene where they're talking about the divorce in the car? So that was when Wayman was in the closet. Other Wayman says, I'm sorry, you're not the right Evelyn. The divorce conversation happens at the exact same time. And it was almost like both Waymans were having, like he was getting the divorce because he said that we never talk to each other. Mm -hmm. Unless it's an emergency. And it was almost like Alpha Wayman did the same thing. Like he told her, you're not the Evelyn. Sorry, gotta go. And that's when she became the Evelyn. That's when she like stopped refusing the call to adventure. Well, there were quite a few up and downs right there. Like you're saying, she went with Jobu for a minute. You know, she was a little... I think that's the point of it, in. that it's all those conflicting things and the mm -hmm. way she's seeing it interlocking in that moment. <laughs> she, she reveals a uh, Rakatui. <laughs> Raccoon cooey? Raccoon 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 Did you see Crazy Rich Asians? No. I didn't either, but 
that guy was apparently like her son oh, okay. in that movie. It was so funny. <laughs> you want to hear what's really funny? Huh. You know who did the voice of the raccoon? Who? Randy fucking Newman. Really? You could barely hear it in the movie, I feel like. I'd like to go back and hear it. To me, I, I've, I remember the pitch being different. That's weird. I would have never placed Randy Newman, though. You got a friend in me. <laughs> I loved all the weird fuck up she had other than that one. She couldn't say Joe Boo Tabaki. <laughs> she calls it Juju Chewbacca. <laughs> so the BDSM office guy, the guy who comes out of the thing when she's the cleaning lady in the alternate universe and finds out that there's a hidden room back there. That's one of the Daniels. Yes, and he comes out with someone. Yeah, she's like a cleaning lady, yes. and he comes out, and that's how she finds out they can hide in that room. Yes, 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 yes. Sorry, so sorry. the guy that's, who comes out, that's one of the directors. One of, okay. The white Daniel. Is he also in it at the end? One of the, she battles on the staircase? Yes. That's the same one? He's in it at the very okay, end. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. He gets... They both pop up. I saw Daniel Kwan in uh, one of the flashes, lots of pictures real fast. Uh -huh. One was just his like profile picture on Facebook. <laughs> Like it was like a, a picture of a computer screen. Well, no, that's of his face because it's everything everywhere. Just the randomness. That song. I'll play it for you after this train drops a Jupiter because they were they were it was in the dialogue like they were just speaking. And then I was like, you know, when you hear lyrics, you're like, wait, that's in a song. That's really weird. And then I was like, is that fucking train they threw so much into this bowl? That it was like overflowing, but it made the story really impactful, I think, because it was just chaos and you felt lost with her. Yeah. But you get that like thing when you say that she's the worst version of herself. I think the one that got everything she wanted, you know, the one that was a movie star and was essentially Michelle Yao. She wasn't happy either. And she never married the love of her life. And I think that's where you get a real sense of who the other character is, is they both were very successful people. It was still this moment that they missed, that they regretted. And so he sees her on a billboard and he goes. But then when she tries to make an advance at him, he fucking gone with the winds the shit out of her. <laughs> oh, that's who he is. Mm -hmm. I think it was important that every different version of them affected the way you saw our version. But I want, I want to call our version alpha version because those were the ones that learned something. You know what I mean? Like that Wayman, she's taken by him because he's so confident mm -hmm. and he knows what he's doing. And so she's a little like, oh, yeah, hey. And it isn't until the end when she sees her husband, who she keeps being like, my stupid husband is fucking everything up. <laughs> he's bringing cookies to this woman mm -hmm. who fucking hates us. And Jamie Lee Curtis is being horrible to them. That was stressing me out. It took me like almost 10 seconds to figure out who that was. <laughs> that it was Jamie Lee Curtis like no shit the first time I saw it, it didn't hit me and then it was like that's what I'm saying ha -ha. they said in an interview her entire costume was just what she wanted to wear like really? she was like this is what this lady wears she wears this fucking stupid necklace she has a wrist brace yeah, and she puts brace. her watch on over the, the wrist bra brace <laughs> and then in the hot dog we haven't even talked about the hot dog finger universe I said it once I said it once <laughs> at least it wasn't the hot dog fingers would you, um, in the hot dog finger universe, when she's playing piano with her feet, she has the fucking brace on her foot. She did. Yeah. She did. That's right. And they're putting their fingers yeah, yeah, in yeah. each other's mouths. <laughs> the, I, that's one of my <laughs> hot dog fingers in the mouth. It was just so good. Because, you know, there's like the movie where she sees different things happening in the movie. And that's when the mustard and ketchup is shooting out. And she like reaches up to touch her mouth in horror and touches herself with the hot dog fingers. And she's like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was just so good random um but yeah the way that joy and deirdre were just mouth fingering with the with the hot dog fingers man <laughs> that shit I and it was to... like sweet it was kind of sweet because she had this there was a part of me that one like it, she was going to come back to that and leave wayman for her in one of the other universes instead she just gets stoned with her in front of the laundry yeah net. like oh you hit it like this that was really sweet because she was uncomfortable with her daughter being a lesbian because of the traditional values. Yeah, that her father put on her. And you could tell she didn't really care about that. She didn't really care, but she cared about what her father thought. I think the first time I saw this, I didn't realize the dad was just visiting. Like he did live with them. Yeah, I thought he lived with them. The fact that he was visiting made it make more sense why she was putting on, so, like she was so stressed out about everything. And the daughter didn't even live at home anymore. No, she was just supposed to go help them at the tax office. At the very beginning, like I did get that feeling like, why is she talking about it like that? He lives there. But I also thought, oh, the daughter, like they all live there together. But like that wasn't it at all. 
I, I clarified, like I got it together. But at first I was like, oh yeah, they all live in the apartment behind the business, whatever it was supposed Where to be. Where the clothes are happy. Where the clothes are happy. <laughs> Stop putting the googly eyes. <laughs> oh man. Did you notice the googly eyes are like the opposite of the bagel and sort of symbolize that in the movie? Like the googly eyes are Raymond's absurdity and him just finding something happy mm-hmm. everywhere he could look. So like little stuff makes him happy. And he's like dancing with that guy who lost his 20. And she's like, stupid. <laughs> You know, but the bagel is like a black thing with a white hole in the middle. And the googly eyes are like a white thing with a black hole. Was the bagel's hole really that white? Well, you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> sorry. That's, that is some fucking Asperger's <laughs> detail. You want to get into some particulars with me? I remember it just being a darker shade, of, uh, like a lighter shade of black. <laughs> it was more like a dark gray. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's a curse. God damn it. Nah, but that's why I'm so surprised I didn't see a monster penis in shadow in the cloud yeah i wondered while we were watching this how frustrated you were getting by how many little details were sailing past that that, because i was focused on others yeah it didn't there were so many that's the thing this movie they really went for it like they didn't lose the vision that they had there's no way they did this was so over the top in so many different directions in so many different fucking places what was your favorite way they accessed their multiverse the like i'll call it the twitch yeah i I called it the twitch the thing they had to do there were lots of them like i really liked her dance yeah. You know, where she was doing that weird dance. Damn, I wish I knew. Um, uh, it's the frog didn't get me. She had that little statuette. That was just convenience. You know, she needed even if something. it wasn't her, like the other the the minions had to do stuff too. <laughs> There's the butt plugs because Jamie Lee Curtis's trophies are the butt, butt plugs. plugs. Did make my <laughs> yeah, like why those are but... because being the best tax office person. I mean, they give you a butt plug, right? Because <laughs> you're a real pain. Because you're ass. just like fucking everyone. Uh, no, um. I did put butt plugs in my notes. That was right there with the, the dog weapon. <laughs> and I noticed you have big nose fight. I have dog <laughs> weapon. You have big nose fight. <laughs> That's how we classified that instance. Well, I don't feel like Jenny Slade had any problem with them calling her that. It was probably written that way in the script. If they put her in the credits in the theater as big nose mm-hmm. and had to change it before it came out on video. The one that upset me the most was Wayman's paper cuts. Oh. <gasps> I think I put a mental block on that, man. I haven't thought about it since I saw it. Of all the things I've remembered, that was just, I think I blocked it. No, no, that was hardcore. Soda Chug was okay. I like that moment, too, where he was doing the paper cuts and he couldn't do it. Because you can't give your, it's so hard to give yourself a paper cut if you've ever tried. You only get them when you don't mean to get it. Got one on the side right now. It's not in the the crevasse. Yeah, office slave, Frank. And I wash my hands so much, I'm getting back to alligator skin. Need to go see the dermatologist. I don't know, man. I don't know if I have a favorite one of those. They were all interesting, and it was just, it was cool to see her get the hang of it. You know, Evelyn's character. Yeah, I liked her trying stuff. Yeah. Cause like she, the first time she, the, the directions, you know, she's like, wait, what the fuck? And then she's like, wait, something. She's like, okay, shoes. <laughs> and I'm like, yes. <laughs> and then as soon as she thinks about, you know, she has that thought, it's like, ding, ding. They, that was a really nice moment. What it, was your favorite universe? Just in, even in the context of the movie, not one you want to be in. Yeah, favorite unit. I mean, hot dog fingers. I would love to feel the texture of those. You wanted to bite one, didn't you? Just I, to see. Dude, I think I I'd love like... the 2001 Space Odyssey monkeys scene <laughs> they did too, where the hot dog finger monkey kills them. <laughs> I, I did like the hot dog fingers a lot because that spoke to the absurdity mm-hmm. of that's just what I like. The rocks. The rocks was good. The rocks were good, and it was a nice chill moment after some intensity. I thought you needed that. They were really good about giving you a breather here and there. Yeah. So you didn't feel like you were going to explode, which was probably how Alpha Joy feels all the time. Yeah. But I I felt that like where she was like all of them screaming for your attention at once because she became like the observer of all of her timelines and all of them pulling her in all those different directions. That would make me dress crazy too. Yeah. How about when she fell down the stairs and every stair... They added a piece of wardrobe to it. Yeah, her? yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, the one with the teddy bear shoulders. I know there was in that green one. I like the green one. Little half chopped off fucking pom pom looking deals at the end, or the the makeup in that last one where it's. I think it's one of the last ones we see Alpha Joy in. It's like the weird. I don't know. It's towards the end. I think it's one of the staircase ones when she's trying to pull her back. I think it's one of those last ones. It's got like oh, what do you call those? 
ventriloquist dummy, like almost like lines, but they go off and then the other side is nothing or it's something completely different. Nice little touches. I don't think we could get into the amount of information I collected on this movie Mm -hmm. as far as things, but a few like leftover pieces of trivia that I thought you'd be interested in. In one universe that wasn't used in the film, Evelyn is a piece of sentient spaghetti being cooked in a pot and she has a son. I'm doing air quotes again. On a podcast, <laughs> I who is a them. piece of elbow macaroni, He's eager to be the one that gets thrown against the wall, and I was, like, <laughs> and I was like, why do you put that in there? Yeah, no, that would have been amazing. Can I just say, if we could all be in Wayman's world and kill them with kindness, <laughs> I think we'd be in a better place. Sometimes it's too late for that, but technically, this is the first movie we've done this year. It is, huh? Yeah, because we fucked up that episode. Yeah. We'll get to it, though. But I'm glad we did this. This Chinese New Year and this beginning of our year in real life. (laughs) And in case you forgot, there was a lot of crazy shit like this week. But I saw this movie halfway through last year, and I knew when I saw this movie that this was the best movie I would see this year. Mm -hmm. And without a doubt, it stayed that way. And I really wanted to do it for this because never gonna get to talk about it with frank (laughs) and this was like the movie last year that i wanted to talk about with you and if it does win a major award that's great if it doesn't fuck the major awards anyway i mean how many fruit baskets does steven spielberg have to buy you i've been jilted for years now so i stopped caring a while ago about the uh the oscars either way this is a feat of writing that is incredible and maybe it's because it's written by two people but these guys have a grand total of two movies as Daniels. And I promise you, Frank, we're watching Swiss Army Man and it's going to blow your fucking mind. <laughs> it's not for everyone, but it is for you. Uh, okay, then Titanic right after. <laughs> Jack, I read a fucking article. Time out. Titanic moment. There's an argument over whether Jack could have survived at the end of the movie. Do you know about this? Yeah. Rose was on a door. Yeah. James Cameron paid motherfuckers to test it. Like, I'm talking, like, research I mean, conditions. Of course he did. <laughs> but guess what? Just to be clear, Titanic is not the reason I shit on James Cameron so much. Near Avatar is the reason. Far it's not very good. Wherever you are. <laughs> and I felt I betrayed. Just make True Lies 2 and, and fucking get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Ass like a nine-year-old boy. <laughs> fucking Bill Baxter. What does he say? Jesus that Christ. is exactly what he says. Uh, <laughs> fuck, man. Eliza Dushku. Five by five. It's got that guy from Congo in it. <laughs> <laughs> so next time we're going to do... The next full movie we're doing is Cosmopolis. And then we'll also do a mini where we watch the menu coming up. I don't know which of those is going to come out in which order yet. It's going to depend on how much fucking time I have because... Uh, I spent a lot of time on this movie, but for Cosmopolis, I'm going to read a book. I already started. And just so everybody knows, we did also watch White Noise, and I took a lot of notes. But we'll just talk about it here and there. We'll sprinkle it in there like breadcrumbs. After I saw it, we <laughs> were really. we were going to do a mini episode about White Noise, and then I watched it, and I was like, right, this book was like rapid-fire dialogue for 200 pages. I put that the IMDb score is 5.8, but I understand why. I do, too. I didn't read the book like you did, but I got where they were trying to go with it. They were afraid of dying. Yeah. And it was just this lingering undertone of fear of death. I thought Greta Gerwig looked amazing with that hair. That hair was nice. I got a thing for that. <laughs> we'll put an ad out for uh, scientific research. And study. Don Cheadle says it. He's like, look at that hair. Yeah, he does. <laughs> no. um, You know, I get it was good. It was it had its... There were little things. That end music sequence during the closing credits, dude, the choreography. That was my favorite part of the movie. The choreography and the improv during that fucking... Yeah, with that LCD sound system song. Yeah, dude, and that song is seven minutes and 23 seconds long. They did the whole thing. They did the whole fucking thing. It was fun. Dude, they nailed the generic food aisle from the 80s, 90s. Black and white labels. I do think that that movie could have very much benefited from having a half an hour cut out of it. Yeah, was that one two hours as well? It was a full two hours long. Yeah. It needed to be a 90-minute movie. And you're saying it was real rapid-fire dialogue in the book? Yeah, it was so much that I think I read the book really fast. Mm-hmm. That was back in the bus-riding days. Yeah, I mean, the first one of the first notes I'd made to myself was dialogue. Like, just say dialogue because the way they did it, it didn't come off well. No, it 
felt like a book, not a movie. And I did love the People message. People don't talk that much in real life. If I understand the message. I did like the way they did it, though, with all the talking over each other and stuff. It but was it, cool. White Noise was almost there. It was almost there. Everything was really cool about it. If, you're, if your movies to watch list is very short, maybe check it out. It was worth a watch. If nothing else, for how fat Adam Driver got for that movie. His pecs still look better than mine. I thought he was wearing a bodysuit, and then he was at the doctor, and I was like, well, no. Was Jamie Lee Curtis wearing a bodysuit and everything? Else? I think so. I know that she d- does way too many yogurt commercials to have a figure like that. I mean, yeah, she's, she poops a lot. What is it, Activia? It is Activia. <laughs> that's what, That's why I... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you get it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, my bad. Next time, Cosmopolis. Cosmopolis, and then we'll do a... Menu Mini? Menu Mini, which is hard to say. Menu Mini. Because Menu is... It was very close to our dinner party thing. It was, and I didn't really want to pile another dinner party movie on right away. But I also... This one's, like, I think we should do newer stuff and not spoil it sometimes. Well, and Silent Night was definitely a good choice. Because I feel like if we did the menu, we wouldn't have done Silent Night. I'm not sure the menu's a dinner party movie. Dinner party means that people came to the house. Well, I guess we'll know soon enough. But it's close enough for, uh, you know. But also, it just went up on HBO a couple days ago where we're at in our timeline. I don't know where you are in the multiverse, but the menu is going to be on HBO for probably not as long as you want it to be. (laughs) Because shit just fucking disappears now. But I'm excited. But also, White Noise was written by the same person who wrote Cosmopolis. So we're going to see. Really? Yeah. but And who directed Cosmopolis? Cronenberg. That's right. But the writer was the same as White Noise? Also, from where I'm at in the book... And we're talking about this White Noise with Adam Driver, not Michael Keaton White Noise? Yes. Michael Keaton White Noise. I liked it a little more, actually. (laughs) The end was bad. Bad CGI. That was a movie that was ruined by bad CGI in the last five minutes. Do you have an AM radio? I think that it's not going to be as uh, talky. Also, it's a Cronenberg movie, and this book's got fucking in it. Oh, there's fucking in the car, man. There has to be. I'm probably 50 pages in, but... Does he go to the same restaurants where Patrick Bateman goes to? That's why I'm reading the book. I kind of want to give myself weird expectations. Do you think they uh, tackle Sri Lanka? I have to go return some videotape. (laughs) Thanks everyone for joining us for the Last Video Store Clerks podcast. Be sure to leave a rating and subscribe. You can find us on Twitter at Last Clerks, Instagram at The Last Video Store Clerks, and you can find Scott at dispatchesfromthepit.com.